Hello again, friends. We're back with a familiar guest with some fun news. But today, first, we are going to try get a feel for what utility players are fits for the Twins this offseason. The Twins used a lot of different guys, and we're going to dive right in. So sit back, buckle up, and hang out because this is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And while you are there... Make sure to follow our new co-host, Mr. Dave Brown. Answer Dave Brown. We'll get to him in just one second. But thanks, everyone, for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And, of course, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, which is your team every day. Again, we want to encourage you to be active in the comments because it's a, it's fun to have an interactive show. I like to know what's on your mind. I like to know what you're thinking what it as it pertains to the Twins, at least. Um, so yeah, feel free to be active. Five-star review on iTunes, Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can give us a review. We would love to hear from you. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So Kind of a bit of a uh, splash of water to start the show, but welcome, Dave. You are part of the bit now. We're happy to have you. It's uh, it's been a quick transformation from guest to host to co-host, but I hope to make it seamlessly. It's uh, I'm I'm very excited about the possibilities. Just you and I talking uh, baseball, specifically Twins baseball, but yeah. other things too. Uh, whatever we can make of this, uh, I I don't know, but I think it will be. Uh, compelling and rich uh, rate uh, podcast audio with some video thrown into. I think we're going to do a good job, and I hope the fan, I hope the people like it. Yeah, well, we'll do our best. Um, so you have a pretty extensive background, at least knowing the AL Central, and you've written nationally. So I don't, I don't want people to say, "Well, what the heck does this guy know about the Twins?" Um, it's still but, a good question, but yeah, 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 that's fair. Um, but they say that about me too, I guess. So you're just in that same boat. Uh, but yeah, so maybe uh, if you want to take just a quick second, introduce yourself, and then we're going to dive into the news du jour because um, got some fun bits today. Well, I grew up in the AL Central when it was the old AL West. And uh, I grew up in uh, Chicago as a White Sox fan. So, you know, Ooh, evil, that might be, that might be evil local empire. Um, but, you know, the Twins are one of those teams as, as I have become a professional uh, sports writer and now podcaster. Um, I've, I've always kind of taken a liking to uh, the organization and the fans and uh, the attitude. And um, I probably, you know, interviewing the players, you know, when they come to Kansas city where I'm based now or um, back in Chicago, it was always fun to talk to Tori Hunter Yep. And those teams and Corey Koski is one of the best guys ever to talk to. Uh, loved uh, Ron Gardenhire's stories. Um, you know, he to he told some great ones. So that's that's about as far back as I go back to like 
those late nineties, early 2000 twins teams. And, uh, you know, I, one time I, I, my brother is a pilot, my brother-in-law, and we flew from uh, the Lee summit airport into Minneapolis area just so I could interview Joe Maurer for answer man on, uh, <laughs> on Yahoo's big league stew. And I mean, you know, he was dry. It was Joe Maurer, but I thought, yeah. you know, this is going to be great. And he was pretty good. It was one of the better Joe Maurer interviews. I didn't get to too many details about like why he's, uh, you know, so into certain rap uh, dudes. And that's, uh -huh. I really wanted to get that. I wanted to get him to rap for me. Uh, it didn't happen, but I, I tried and uh, I'm, a, I'm a Joe Maurer uh, fan from that standpoint. So that's, that's, uh, that, that's part of my, my twin history. I was here. I was at the, I met a Brandon at the, um, in the, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't the all. It was the All Star Game when Minnesota. The, uh, night of the Derby, I think. Yes, the night of the Derby, and, and I also now... remember interviewing Joey Gallo when he was hitting bombs at the uh, home run derby for the uh, for the All Star Game, and I also came up for uh, for a you playoff just... series that the <clears throat> to, to the Yankees that didn't go well. I think Javier Baez had a monster homer at Target Field that day too. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it's pretty apropos that you say pretty good when you describe Joe Maurer because they actually had a bit on the the big board at Target Field back in, I mean, obviously uh, 2017, 2016, where it was Joe Maurer's movie reviews and they would play a clip from the trailer and then Joe Maurer would say, it was pretty good. And it was just, it was just that over and over again. But um, Fans couldn't get enough of Joe Maurer, which uh, it, was, it was a good bit. It was a really good bit. Um, so news du jour. We're going to dive into that a little bit before we go to break here. Um, we always like to give it a bit of a twins tang to it. Uh, former twin for about a half hour there. Phil Nevin is a finalist for the Padres managerial job. So Bob Melvin moves on. They have to backfill. Just like we are seeing now with the Brewers hiring Pat Murphy, it sounds as as we're recording, it sounds like that's what's going to be happening. Um, it's being reported by Kenny Rosenthal, so I think you can pretty much chisel that into stone. If you look at the Padres' job, though, um, and we're not going to talk too much about it because really Phil Nevin is the Twins' connection here. What, what do you think is the draw to this Padres' job right now? Because honestly, I'm, I'm not really feeling it. The uh, the climate in San Diego, uh, <laughs> for one. A place to live there. If yeah. you like the brown uniforms, and mm -hmm. I happen to. That's a draw. Yeah. Uh, and they still have, you know, Juan Soto and, and Fernando Tatis. And for now, for the moment, two <laughs> years ago, everybody forgets. People make fun of the Padres for spending too much money and not having success. They made the NLCS. They did. They did this two years ago. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. It was last year. It was one year ago, two seasons yeah. ago. So um, there's there's stuff there. there yeah. There's something to be made. Uh, even though they did reportedly have to uh, get some loans to cover payroll, and that doesn't sound good, but um, so, so that's troubling. And Bob Melvin's gone, and yeah, he really he kind of got them situated the right way, but it didn't go entirely how he wanted to either. So you know, you have to wonder exactly like who's running the show. And mm -hmm. AJ Preller's a guy who. I thought a couple times was going to lose his job, but he kind of pulled himself out of the fire there. And, um, you know, they, they still have, you know, they're, they're no, they're no Dodgers for sure in San Diego, but they're not that removed. 
from some really good success. The NLCS is good stuff. It's not the World Series. It's not one of the whole thing. But there is some there there in San Diego. And uh, I think the uh, whoever gets uh, or, you know, whatever happens next year, I, I would expect them to win more games than they did this year. Well, and let's not forget a non-Dodgers NL West team played in the World Series this year, won the pennant. So it's not sure. impossible. Um, Tanner Bybee finishes second in Rookie of the Year, gets extra service time. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much that affects the Twins, but, you know, anytime a Cleveland player, uh, you know, up against service time, it, it it just starts kind of the watch. He's only one year in, and we're not saying, oh, it's the Marlins, they're going to trade him sometime soon. But just a curiosity, uh, nice year for him. Obviously, nobody was going to touch Gunnar Henderson. And Edward Julian getting a couple of down-ballot votes from, oddly enough, AL Central um, voters. So not surprised that Julian couldn't really carve into that top three. But uh, Bybee does a, a really nice job. And uh, what do you think of that service time thing where um, now two uh, – winners get uh they get free or, or extra bonus draft pick in the first round um i saw that where i don't know where i saw that today uh but i mean there's there's incentives for bringing up rookies do you think they're working at this point yes and no i think it's uh it's maybe uh some luck and timing involved there and uh it certainly is an encouragement for teams to do it and that's good and i think it's good for you know you mentioned you kind of said, ah, why are we looking at the twins? But I mean, the, the twins, or I'm sorry, the, uh, yeah, why are we looking at the twins? No, the, uh, the <laughs> Guardians, because they kind of run their team sort of how the twins do to a certain extent. And, yeah. uh, or at least the old twins. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we're kind of waiting for the Guardians mm -hmm. to make that big splash in, in spring training and, uh, or not in spring training, in free agency. I'll get the words right, the phrases yeah. right. They're all in my head. I just got to get them out here. You got the um, best. You know, <laughs> sometimes it seems like the Guardians don't believe in uh, fielding a complete outfield. So that would be a good place to start, is buying some outfielders for, for that team. Um, but so, you know, Bobby's a guy that uh, the, the Twins had a couple of guys. You know, I don't know. It reminds me of Joe Ryan a little bit. Joe mm -hmm. Ryan didn't end up having the, the – the season, I think everybody wanted him to. There was some kind of injury there that where he wasn't being forthcoming, and I think that kind of hurt him in the middle of the season. So, um, yeah. So, exactly, exactly. Don't, chop that. don't don't cut that part out of the show where I say groins are tricky, but it's <laughs> it is true. Um, a couple more quick ones. James Rowson named hitting coach for the Yankees, reunited with Aaron Judge, who he had as a prospect. Uh, I love J Row, um, you know, twins hitting coach in 2019 when they were setting all kinds of records. Um, you know, big help for Eddie Rosario was one that I recall, but one of my favorite stories about him is, uh, when I was writing for zone coverage, I was looking up as much like obscure information and Tom Kochman, who I believe is a legendary manager, minor league guy, AC like Kochman's dad, Kochman's father called him black lightning. And so it was like, uh, I'm going to have to get to the bottom of this. Cause it was in a book. I can't, I can't tell if that's rude to call somebody that I, I suppose if you're friends, it's probably not right. But, um, that's going to stick with me forever that they called him black lightning, but, uh, J row, former twins hitting coach. I'm interested to see what he does with the Yankees. Just hopefully not too well, because, um, he's a, he's a dang good dude. 
Black Lightning's a good like wrestling name as well. Yeah. So if he or uh, a Marvel personality, maybe yep. you know, uh, it's uh, you know, the Yankees ended up last season with Sean Casey as their hitting coach, and he had one idea about how to do things, and it didn't really mesh with uh, what they were teaching the youngsters in the minor leagues, and that was kind of a funny, not haha at all, revelation about uh, how the Yankees are being run right now, and it's not. They're not really making the most of their resources, I don't think. But no. this is, I think, I agree, this is a good move, uh, I guess, unfortunately. I think the Yankees will be better because yeah. of this. I think that's the. I think they hired the guy. I think there's only a few guys maybe that were right for it, and they hired a good one. So uh, with, the, with those uh, with those twins bona fides. So uh, it's, I think it's going to be a good move for them. Last and certainly not least, Torrey Hunter not on the coaching staff for the Angels, as was potentially or previously reported as possible. Um, and maybe not Clint Hurdle either. There was some report that he was going to join the staff. I'm hearing uh, just through various channels that that's not a, a done deal either. He might have a shot, shot at it, but it's not as finalized as uh, people may have been led to believe. But I don't know. I Honestly, I don't really know about Torrey coaching for the Angels anyway. Like I know he spent a big portion of his career, um, his well-known years there. But to me, I don't know. I mean, I just think, you know, he's I think he's a special assistant for the Twins or he's still connected to the Twins. And I just don't see that changing anytime soon. He seems like uh, the kind of guy who certainly could coach, but it's going to have to be the right situation, right timing, enough time away from the game to to make him probably willing to deal with the the BS that comes with being a coach and those the uh, the unfun parts of it, getting the guys to listen to you and not just going, Hey, it's Tori Hunter here. You know, and you know, you have to be willing to be receptive to the information. So you got to have the right guys to be coach for. And I, I think uh, if he wants it someday, it's going to be there for him. And uh, you know, no need to force it right now. Uh, you know, I think about, I mean, it is not, not a great comparison, but I think about what Deion Sanders is doing in, in yeah. Colorado. Uh, Tori is a, I think a much nicer guy than Deion Sanders, but there's that bubbly personality, kind of a larger than life sort of thing in mm-hmm. the right situation. I think he could, uh, he could be very good at any kind of coaching that he wanted to be. I want to come back to that after we talk about our friends over at Jace medical. So we'll do that quick here. And then um, one more quick point on Tory Hunter, but first, we spend a lot of time on this show talking, uh, to the audience, us and them, we get fired up together about wins, losses, who starts, who sits, who pinch hits, who pitches out of the bullpen, all that fun stuff. And we're thankful for that connection we have. But today we want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply of ED medications, which means on Jace Medical, you can bring it on extended travel, next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill, refill easy for me to say, your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Rivashio. So um, this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to re- receive, easy for me to say again, your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code Locked On, all one word, at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues have caused me to cut pills in half just so I have them. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit, and I feel secure now. 
Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this from everyone. So if you or someone you love would get peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, use that promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase, and it's J-A-S-E medical.com. Make sure you go check that out, jacemedical.com. All right, we're headed into the bullpen here, and Dave, I wanted to ask you, so I'm thinking about Torrey Hunter as a coach, and I think about how much money he's made playing baseball. You look at Carlos Beltran, who managed the Mets, kind of, um, who made a ton of money, like $200 million playing baseball, and I, Torrey's over 100 Do you Do you ever wonder, like, does Torrey Hunter really need that that stress, that whatever. I mean, he's got grandkids now because he had kids as a fairly young man and, or he's of that age. He's got kids who are grown adults, Tory Hunter Jr. Drafted a few years ago, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I do wonder if, if that's not a driving force with why we don't see so many established players become coaches later on. Yeah. I think this would make a good story. Someone should write, write uh, about uh, sort of the changing landscape of coaches, because of the uh, the life altering money that lots of players get, you know, usually we're talking about superstars, the great players of the era. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, there's a, you know, I kind of alluded to it before, you know, you don't need the headache, the downside of coaching. Um, mm-hmm. There's got to be something in your competitive nature that you can't really get another way that will drive it, you know. Uh, now, see, so I, I can see that being the case with Tori. I could see that. Absolutely. So that's what it's going to be. You know, he's, uh, I didn't look up like how much money he's made, but it's a lot mm-hmm. and uh, probably doesn't need it uh, for a job to get through the winter or uh, even to achieve some kind of lifestyle that he's used to. I think he's fine. Um, but I know that, uh, you know, you're the, that's one thing that the money, the good money that the players deserve uh, has kind of taken away. It's, it's uh, kind of chipped away at the, the, the base for uh, coaches and uh, you know certain guys and and even you know for TV and things like that so uh, right. I de- it's definitely part of the the thought process if you're a, pl- a player like Tory Hunter. So today we're here to talk about utility players and the reason why uh, you know you look at this organization and this forty man roster and you you think to yourself well they're in pretty good shape internally if Nick Gordon's healthy he wasn't last year um, that's an option. Willie Castro had a really nice year. He's an option. How many more utility guys do you need? Well, Kyle Farmer played a fairly significant role for the Twins this year. And Donovan Solano was third on the team in plate appearances, which I think for a guy who signs for $2 million, basically right up against the whistle for the offseason, is um, surprising. Now, I think they're going to non-tender Kyle Farmer. He's due like $6 million, final year of arbitration eligibility. And Solano is a free agent. I don't know what the interest level is in bringing him back. I assume it's probably, hey, we'll see what happens. He's going to want to make more money and the Twins aren't going to want to pay it. But in-house, you know, is a Nick Gordon, Willie Castro utility with, uh, you know, Junior Severino, maybe that's enough. To me, though, I still think you need at least one guy. It's a little dangerous. I mean, uh, in theory, yeah, it's enough. That's, you know, if... Nick Gordon is right and bounces back and is healthy. And if lots of other things go well, the twins definitely do have some intriguing depth. You know, Solano last year, it's it's not how they wanted to do it, but you mentioned he's third in the team and 
played appearances. Um, I think you said he was mm-hmm. first on the team in uh, no, innings played at first base. So I mean, yeah. he was the guy who played first base more than anybody else last year and did pretty Which well. Is surprising because he's not prototypical first baseman right. whatsoever. More of a, a utility infielder type. That's how he's been with the Giants. But uh, and he did mm-hmm. fine on defense and he didn't hit for a lot of power. Uh, but the Twins, uh, I kind of expected looking at their first base numbers to be kind of um, down compared to the rest of the league. And they weren't as good as uh, offensively as they were at other positions. They're, the Twins right. are something like a top 10 offense or so, depending on what stat you look at. Um, yep. And the the first basemen collectively were not that far off. They were better than average. So he's part of a success story. You know, I would think that you – you mentioned a couple guys, injuries. Mm-hmm. You got to worry about third base with Royce Lewis. You got to worry about Carlos Correa missing 30 games, hopefully no more than that, just for maintenance if nothing yep. serious happens. Um, and first base, Kirilov is uh, – we're, we're going to see – You know, it, we they got good news on him the other day as far as his shoulder surgery, but uh, we need to see a full season of Alex Kirilov healthy before we can say, well, we can count on that. So uh, I think it would behoove the twins to, you know, whatever resources they're putting into the off season to get at least one guy that we know who can play first and third. Uh, You know, if we're keeping Polanco or keeping uh, Eddie at second, that's probably good for there. Um, But a corner infielder, uh, either a free agent or a, a trade who is, I would say like a significant upgrade over Donovan Solano, historically speaking, would behoove them. Yeah. And if that's the case, you're probably more along the lines of like a Reese Hoskins bounce back sort of thing where, you know, you see what can, can happen there. Uh, Another guy we shouldn't forget about is Jose Miranda, who really came on strong at the end of 2022 and then largely lost 2023 season, both due to ineffectiveness. And then he had a shoulder that ended his season, um, I think in Oakland. And so he's an option too. Um, but I still think yeah, like, like I think you said was you need one more. Um, I'm going to focus more on the versatility, but I, I don't want to skirt the issue and say that I couldn't see them just go get a first baseman. And if we look at the MLB trade rumors list, Brandon belt would make some sense, especially atop the order with some on base percentage. Um, Garrett Cooper, CJ Crone, you get some guys swinging from different sides. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking a crack at Trey Mancini, but obviously not in any sort of promised role. And then the, the interesting one, too, to me is Joey Votto, which, again, I don't want to see him play anywhere other than Cincinnati. But if he wants to play and they don't want him there, you know, what else are you going to do? I, I do think he ends up in Toronto if he goes anywhere. But um, there are some names there. I don't want to talk about first baseman, though. I do want to talk about utility guys. Um, we looked to the outside, though. and there are, you know, you, you go on MLB trade rumors and you've got a handful of guys who are at least semi-interesting, guys who've had decent seasons in recent years, like Adam Frazier, Whit Merrifield, uh, Jonathan Scopes, a former twin coming off a down year. Um, can you believe Rugnet Odor is only 30? I'm looking at that and I still can't believe he's only 30. Yeah, it is It is hard to believe, but also, that, that I mean, that was a guy who we heard about in his teens and was up when he was 20 or something. So, well, wait, there might've been his brother that you were hearing about. Rugnet also. 
<laughs> Rugnet and then Rugnet and then Rugnet. It was like Newhart, you know, it's my Larry, my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. Right. Uh, kind of a George, similar vibe. And George Foreman also named a few of his kids George. So it's uh that's I'm dating myself a little bit, but that also no. happened. No, he's a famous uh peddler of goofy looking Gross. girls. Right. Yeah. So um Yes, there are, you mentioned Scope, there are a bunch of, it's like three or four really good former twin utility players who actually mm -hmm. maybe would make sense and free agency for the twins. Well, and utility is kind of like whatever you make it, you know, Gio or yeah. Shella, if you wanted to bring sure. him in to play third and, and move around, uh, you know, obviously broke his uh, pelvis, so we don't know where he's at health-wise, right. but um, Eduardo Escobar, another option there. Uh, Heimer Candelario really, you know, would be nice from that first to third standpoint, but probably not a fit because he's going to get paid. Um, Adalberto Mondesi, if you want to really take a gamble. And then Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who was a uh, Passover twin for uh, about 30 minutes there uh, in the midst of the Josh Donaldson trade, which permitted the twins to sign Carlos Correa. Um, one name, though that I, that I've been really wondering about is, uh, is Whit Merrifield. And I, you know, he, he, his option with the Blue Jays was a lucrative one. Um, I don't think he's going to make that kind of money, but I think he's still hoping for that last multi-year deal. Um, haven't really seen the twins handles out to utility guys, so I'm not sure, but um, I could see him being in the mix of, of the guys though, that I mentioned, you know, the, Eduardo Escobar's and and that uh, is there anybody who stands out to you? You know, you really don't need somebody who can handle short. If you've got Correa, Polanco, Royce Lewis, Willie Castro, and Nick Gordon on your roster, right. I mean, you really don't need somebody who can play short. You know, I like my utility infielders to play short, my utility outfielders to play center, but you can always paper over that based on the rest of your roster. So you're not really married to any specific position, which I think puts the Twins in a good spot if they do what they do and wait into the off season to sign somebody like this. You mentioned uh, what the, the blue Jays are going to do with, with Votto and that you know, if they, if they go that way, that would seem to free up belt to leave belt. Can't play third. You maybe could put him in the outfield. I don't know how much you want to do that. Yeah. Um, and I like, I love Brandon belt. He'd be great in the lineup. He, he, he seems a little too much like Kirilov. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you kind of want, you know, you, Escobar was really good as, and typically is against, um, left-handed pitching, which yep. is where Kirilov struggles. I think he would be, he's the, the guy I think we, that people could get behind emotionally. Obviously people remember him fondly. And I think he, he had a terrible year last year. Um, mm -hmm. but in, if, if we're looking for players like that, he makes a lot of sense. Uh, maybe even more so than Urshela, because you mentioned we'll see where he is with his uh, pelvis um, coming back from that pelvis injury. So, uh, you know, I, I think Escobar makes a lot of sense, um, maybe more sense than anybody else that we've talked about so far. But then again, you know, why was he so bad last year? I'm not sure that they would have to answer that question and have some more uh, legwork done on him. Well, he's he's of an age where that just happens. It does. Um, what would you think about uh post 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 hype look at Nick Senzel? Obviously seems to be on the outs with the Reds. Um, 
didn't he have, I think he had vertigo a few years ago and he's, he's been through the ringer um, yes. expectations. I don't think he's ever posted an OPS plus over a hundred. If he has, it was in a very minimal sample size. No, 87 in his rookie year is as high as it ever got. Um, but with that said, I mean, you know, he, he hits righty. He plays literally everywhere. Uh, that's the kind of guy I could see the Twins looking at. They've already made this kind of trade with the Reds in the first place to get Kyle Farmer. Um, I could see it. I, I, I could see it happening. I think it could make some sense. And the one thing I think we know with this front office is that we know nothing. We don't expect the Donovan Solano. We don't expect a Kyle Farmer. And uh, boom, they just kind of appear out of nowhere. Right. I've always liked Nick Senzel. I mean, I think he's uh, a versatile player. You can put him in the corners, uh, infield or outfield. Um, and he, you know, he hasn't had a full season where uh, he had a average, typical league average numbers. But he does. Yeah. He's gotten hot before where he'll put together a few months that are like that. You know, put him in a, a new situation with a fresh start. Not that he's like in a bad place mentally, but. If he gets right. a, a new place to go, maybe he can get a little bit closer to um, those that, that potential that we kind of all see from him in, in bits. I think that would be a fun add. Um, a team to look at, it, it isn't a sexy solution, but um, uh, Ramon uh, Arias from uh, Baltimore, you would have to trade for him. But the, the Orioles have so much coming up for the minor leagues yeah, you can see fun. where that they don't seem to be willing to trade. That you could see where well, a guy like that would become available, and you know, it's really so, solid baseball family. Uh, you know, uh, they, you know, they, they've uh, his brother's a good player as well, and um, I think you know that's a guy that you could play put a third base, first base, not terribly sexy, but sort of like Solano, younger than him, gets the job done. Could put in the middle infield in a pinch too. So, so well, you're talking about Orioles. What about Jorge Mateo? Play center and short. Obviously, uh, I think he's way more shortstop than center. Yeah, only only four games in center, but it's, he's listed as having played center, which you know is an option. Twins are going to need an option out in center. Uh, just another guy I could think of. You know, team speed is something that they got better with as the season went on. They went from like stealing the. Right. Their first stolen base was super late into the year, and then Willie Castro ends up stealing 30 bags. Um, just another guy I could see them being interested in, coming off a down year, 70 OPS plus, um, but can play a little bit all over and uh, speed, you know. I, I, I Just another guy I could see. He kind of reminds me of, a, you know, a, a Jonathan VR type where mm-hmm. guys who can bounce around, play a little bit everywhere, but maybe don't always find homes for particularly long and, um, so we'll see. I don't know. I think that, uh, well, I, I want to ask you this. Do you think I'm fixating too much on the idea that the twins need to add a utility player? I don't know. I think, uh, not necessarily be- for all the reasons we've said before about how there's so much uncertainty with even some of the team's best players, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how much they're going to be able to get on the field. You have to, um, prepare as if, you know, you, you, you want to, uh, um, you know, you, you don't want your season to get away from you because you didn't, you know, I think you, you're focusing on the 
some of the exact same things at the front offices. I think the, uh, yeah, you don't know how much you're going to have uh, Correa or Royce Lewis. You, you know, you think you're going to have them. You hope you're going to be optimistic about it, but uh, you, you never know. And you don't want some schlub out there. Who's not very good. I mean, you, I don't think, I think you're, 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 you know, we look at the, the term utility player. We think, a guy who isn't going to play very much. I mean, not necessarily. Like you yeah. said, Donovan Solano, top third or top three or four on the team in plate appearances, uh, played more first base than anybody else. In the, you know, on the team. So we're talking about a guy who, uh, you know, if, if things don't go 100 percent right, could get a lot of playing time. So I don't think you can focus enough on players like that, frankly. Yeah, and I think if you told somebody at the beginning of the year that Donovan Solano would make the three unassisted put out for the end of the team's <laughs> first playoff win in almost two decades. Uh, I think you'd shock a lot of people. Um, last thing I got for you, would would you suspect though that they probably won't donate or dedicate a ton of time or resources to this pursuit right away? Now what that's uh, sometimes I think fans get a little too uptight about, wow, you went and got a utility guy when you really need a starting pitcher to replace Sonny Gray and the off season is not linear. We can't lose sight of that. Right. But, to you, does this seem like a big priority, a medium priority, a small priority, somewhere in between those? Medium for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, settling the, the pitching staff is obviously going to be, they're going to devote more money and uh, thinking to that. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that they're going to have conversations about this. It's an important uh, deal. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're in on someone like Reese Hoskins. You know, because I think Kirilov has shown enough that when he's healthy, that's a guy you can put. Uh, you know, for his defensive first base was whatever, but that's that's a guy who can put some good hitting stretches together. So um, you, you you don't necessarily go out there looking to replace him, but you want to get a guy who is almost as good for half the time. I think mm-hmm. that's how you you look at it, and that's a significant player. It's uh it's an important piece for sure. So I lied. Uh, this is the last one. Who's your number one choice then? If you come away with this guy, you feel like they did what they needed to do. Because I'm going to go with Senzel. I just think the time is is right to swoop in there and get a guy who I still think, even though he'll be 29 in June, has some good baseball in front of him. Um, the cost shouldn't be too terribly high. I, I don't have MLB trade rumors, arbitration numbers in front of me, but he's going to be at some point in the service time where he's not making minimum. So that always factors into the calculus. They are very deep in the infield because of the twins with Christian Encarnacion, Strand, Spencer, Steer. Um, none of these guys who can actually pick up a ground ball, but not my problem. Um, but Matt McLean, you know, finishing in the top of the uh, NL Rookie of the Year voting, uh, top five. Uh, I, I could see it happening. So Senzel is my go-get-my-guy. Who is it for you? Well, he's the most fun person, I think, that we've talked about. Um, you know, it. It depends because there's, as we sort of, with all, we've done little mini profiles on these guys. There's a lot of information we don't know. Yeah. What the, what the deal mm-hmm. happened, what the heck happened with Eduardo Escobar last year, you know, where, uh, uh, you know, players are with their huge injuries coming up. We, there's a lot that we don't know. So um, if everybody's healthy, I'd love them to go get Escobar. It sounds Love it. But like a fan's uh, dream, uh, you know, he's a great personality. I hope he's got something left. He's 34. 
So it, it sometimes it does the switch does go off at that age. Um, but I think it would energize him a little bit to come back to Minnesota. He obviously enjoyed himself here when it was, you know, and I think he's got uh, uh, the, the right kind of skills to play third or first hit left-handed pitching. That's what you want. So if he's good to go, that's my guy. I love it. Uh, and for vibes purposes, you couldn't do any better. Absolutely. Uh, again, that's, that's Dave Brown. He is my new co-pilot. For Locked On Twins, you can you should follow him on Twitter at Answer Dave Brown, especially because his old account got clapped, and we're trying to get some uh, some followers back on his. Yeah, really. Don't look at my follower count; it's not good. No, it's 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 bad. Uh, you know, Jesus though, he only had what like handful of followers too. So I, I keep going back to that. Like, you know what? If it was good enough for him, it's good enough for me. But I, don't I know if you want to put that kind of pressure on me, but because uh, the advice isn't going to be that good <laughs> or entertainment. But uh, thanks. Anyway. We'll do our best. Uh, so with that said, though, that's a wrap for our first actual official uh, buddy cop film of us doing this uh, this program. So uh, for Dave Brown, this is Brandon Warren signing off and saying we will see you later. Thanks for hanging out on Locked On.